0: we can't live with these shows, and we can't live without
1: them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Stop,
0: drop, roll. Stop, drop, roll. Fire. Hello, and welcome to Love to See It with Emma and Claire, a podcast about bro tears and bromance.
1: Right, they're just the two pillars of healthy masculinity, emotional vulnerability, and deep platonic friendship.
0: This week on The Bachelorette, it was men tell all time, and we were blessed with so much of both of those things. Plus, of course, some really aggressive confrontations, a surprise French kiss, and a gut-wrenching unexpected departure.
1: A lot to dig into, but joining us for this episode is actor and Bachelor parody recapper Kelly Johns. Kelly, it's such an honor to have you on the show. We love a new guest.
2: Thanks for having me. And like I said, I've been listening to you both for years, so it's an honor to be here. This
0: episode was a pretty low-key mental all, I would say, in the scheme of things. Thankfully,
1: there was (laughs) not so much just rampant screaming over
0: each other.
2: Right. It almost felt like they had to fill the time with, like, yeah. other stuff.
0: Yeah. They were like, can someone please go up there and kiss Connor? Like, we gotta have <laughs> oh <my> something. <laughs> um, that
2: was epic. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but the episode may be, like, a men-tell-all entree, but there was a large appetizer of unexpected departure. Uh, we open with Katie walking with Tasha through the woods, and... Just having a heart-to-heart about her final four. She's like, I didn't know how deeply I cared for Andrew until I left him with his heart ripped out, you know, bleeding on the pavement. And now I realize that I care for him, but I have to look ahead, and I feel so confident about this final four. She says, you know, I haven't admitted to any of the men yet that I'm in love, although I am falling in love and she says, I just want to have that to give to my fiance at the end, that I only said that to them.
2: I liked that. I yeah. thought that was, I feel like most of the leads used to do that. And then recently people have been kind of saying it to more than one person. And I found it interesting that Tasha basically like encouraged her to say it to more than one person. Know, didn't yeah. you feel like
1: she was sort of like putting on her producer hat and she was like, I'm laying the groundwork to stir the future shit. Katie, just do it.
0: Just tell everyone yeah. you love them. Yeah. Well, it's interesting <laughs> because <laughs> because what Tasha is basically saying is you should bait the guys into commitment yes. by telling them that you're probably going to pick that, Like, by giving them reason to believe that they're the one, they're going to feel comfortable enough to show their soft romantic underbelly to you, and that's when you can strike, you know? And <laughs> Tasha, I think, feels like this worked out for her, right? She and Zach, she says, didn't have the strongest relationship early on. Then she met his family. It changed everything. But she seems to kind of be saying, like, you need to do what you can to make this each relationship into the strongest it could be. Um, instead of just, like, leaning on the strongest one and protecting it until the end. Which I think is another strategy leads sometimes use.
1: I just, this made me very nervous for Katie's future. I was like, some shit is going to go very wrong.
0: This is such <laughs> strong foreshadowing. I was like, so we would not strong. be seeing this if it were not for what's about to happen. Because Tasha's like, don't leave anything unsaid that might get a guy to be all in with you. And what do right. we see
2: next? We see Michael come in. Well, we see him FaceTiming his son. And I think we all cried. Oh, my I, goodness.
1: Kelly, do do you have a, do you have a Michael impression that you'd like to share?
2: Oh gosh. I feel like I can't even touch on that because it's so heartbreaking. (laughs) You know, like I try to only make fun of things that are, are just goofy. And like when really serious things come up, I just don't touch them. And this is like the most heartbreaking thing we've ever seen. And especially, you know, the line with his kid saying, I think daddy just doesn't want to see me anymore. I mean, we all just die. And then when he hugs, when Michael gets up and hugs the crew member, that just got me too. Because it's like, this is so much bigger than a show. Like, even the production crew is feeling for him and is there for him.
1: That was just like sob central. I mean, yeah, I'm,
0: I have difficulty even talking about it. It's so <laughs> sad. Um, and it's intercut with Katie saying, you know, I, I'm nervous to be Michael's parents because I really want their approval as, like, basically a future mother for their grandkid. And I would be an instant mom if I end up with Michael. I'm excited by that. Like, she's really confident about their future. And meanwhile, Michael is FaceTiming with his, his son, James, who is four years old. And he's saying, you know, I miss you, Daddy. And Michael's saying, I miss you, too. When we go get home, we'll go on vacation for a whole week, and we'll spend lots of time together. And James is like, well, why aren't you here now? And Michael tells him it's a work trip. And James says, I have an idea. Maybe Daddy left because he don't want to see me. And you see Michael kind of prevent himself from crying in that moment. He says, what? That's crazy. I can't even imagine what he was feeling in that moment. Like the amount of time before he would theoretically see his son again if he kept going through the process and be able to actually be with his son. And meanwhile, his son is starting to, like, construct, as kids do, like, a narrative of how he's to blame for his father's absence after everything that James has already gone through. It's just so, so upsetting. And, like, I personally, like, we're trying to wean my son a little bit right now and when i hear him like banging on the door in the morning being like and he can say this now booby 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 <laughs> um <laughs> it's very difficult for me to not immediately <laughs> go to him you're like he needs something from me i have to go and michael like oh it's so sad it, it, he's clearly struggling to hold it together through the phone call so that he doesn't upset James anymore um and then he kind of loses it it also just made me
1: think about what a tough position the single parents always kind of are in on the show like he even says you know i'm i feel really guilty i feel s- selfish like i've you know he's he's basically like for i prioritized myself and my own desire to like learn how to put myself out there again And I'm harming my son by Mm. prioritizing my own happiness. And that's, that is like so gut wrenching. And I think probably something that single parents face in general, trying to sort of rebuild. I would imagine, especially after going through a a loss of a partner um, in the Mm. way that Michael. It was just yeah, as you said, and Kelly. Like, you can't even make fun of it. It's like no. just—it's yeah. so devastating.
0: We did want you to try, but we really <laughs> <Yeah>. respect. <laughs> we were that trying you, to bait you, you into it, but <laughs> fine. You're very kind. So Michael goes to see Katie, and she opens the door really in a quite different emotional register. She's very giddy to see him. She's like bubbly, and Michael is like dead faced in in a state of trauma at this point. Um, she does. Uh, pick up on that pretty quickly as they sit down and he sits down and says like this is such an important week i had a really good feeling about going through this with you and i was right we've had this incredible time together but something happened um which is that my son asked me why i didn't want to see him anymore oh no I'm crying oh no this is gonna be a difficult episode (laughs) for us to get through and he's like I I can't focus on on our journey anymore I have to leave um because my son needs
2: his dad he's oh god did you guys hear he said my beautiful boy Boy. Yes. (laughs) yes
1: I was about to call that out. That is where I really, like, lost it.
2: I actually had to rewind because I couldn't. I was like, what did he say about his boy? And then I heard him say, beautiful boy. And I was like, oh, just so precious and sad. Yeah. He's like,
0: he calls his son, like, a beautiful boy, like, more than once in this Mm -hmm. episode. It's so sweet. Tell boys they're beautiful, you know?
2: Um, I love Absolutely. that. I, I love that, I tell my too. husband he's beautiful. Obviously, that's different. He's a 30-year-old man. But
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> like, he he needs to hear it, it's too. Good. Okay? Yeah. Norm- normalize calling all male creatures beautiful. Okay.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. And I want bring back handsome for women. You know, it's, like, more compliments for everyone. In I my agree. Opinion. Um, and so Katie now is crying, too. And she says, I saw us going to the end, which makes this very confusing. And Were he's... you
2: surprised by that? I was so surprised, really. I w- I wasn't super surprised he made top 4 kind of though. I I thought like I thought he was either going to leave earlier for his son or I feel like we didn't see all the sides to him. That we saw last night. Like, Mm. we finally saw with some of the bloopers that he has these funny sides that aren't just, like, dorky funny, if that makes sense. Oh, he's
1: he's, totally wry. He has, like, a really sharp sense of humor. Exactly. And he can deadpan. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. But
2: yeah, I don't know. I thought
1: he would go. I I also thought he was going to self-eliminate at some point, but I thought he was going to do it earlier. Mm -hmm. And then I thought he'd make it to, like, final
0: two or three yeah i was sort of ambivalent about how far he would make it i feel like parents typically don't make it to the end right um i feel like a lot of leads uh, you know are sort of like do i really want to be a step parent or like um i have all these other options and um at the same time you know Michael doesn't have the kind of beefcake quality that I think often makes for a front runner on this on this show. Um, so you look at him, you're like, he's got more more of like a normal guy look. He's got a kid, like that's not a recipe for for going to the end. But the longer he stayed, the more I was like, Katie is really into him. Like it's really not, into him. it's not like a be nice to the grieving widow thing, or like a I like him well enough, even if he's not in my my top handful of contenders thing she was really into him into it she was very (laughs) into
1: it also and it it just speaks to the fact that katie in general like her type is just so different from the normal bachelor type which is frankly like making the season really enjoyable because the guys that sort of become major characters are all like pretty weird and nice
2: yeah and so different her top four well three now that Michael's gone they're so different like mm. like Justin we ha- haven't seen a whole lot of him but I feel like he's very different from like a Greg and then Blake is so different from like Michael yeah so I it's like does she even have a type it doesn't seem like it which is cool I like to see that so
0: uh, poor Katie is really devastated by this and uh As she's kind of weeping, Michael brings out the watch that he tried to give her night one. He says, I kept it. You didn't have pockets. He gives it to her again. And he says, all we talk about here is time and love. I thought love would be the harder one to obtain. And it wasn't. We ran out of time. I can't help but wish that we had more in a different world or a different circumstance. Because I do think it would have worked. He should write rom-coms. I know.
1: know. He's really... I was impressed. I was like, for all of... The terrible, terrible poetry we hear on this show. I was like, this man can craft a speech.
0: I was disturbed by how many times I wanted to write, he's so articulate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the bar is, like, so low on the show. you like, really He is. said something other than, you're so amazing. He had a complete thought, and he articulated it in a
2: clear way. And it went perfectly with the item he was giving her. It's like it was just—it
1: was very. He's just a very thoughtful person. He's He's clearly smart. He's
0: like I have to link the 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 narrative together with certain themes and and, uh, and artifacts and characters and their callbacks and different resonances. It's not like that complex, but at the same time, you're like that is like kind of a genuine insight about what happened yeah and like the situation they're in and it's not like deeply profound but it's like kind of profound
1: (laughs) I'm just saying on the scale of bachelor and bachelorette profundity it's up there
2: did y'all think at all when she said you know I saw you at the end of this sometimes I'm like okay then leave with him and I know Mm. that's kind of not an option but it it kind of is. It's like if she really thought he was the one, she could have technically said, "I'm done," right?
0: Right. Well, I think what she says, like she obviously doesn't think he's the one, right? Yeah. I think the... what she think what she's saying is, "You are someone that I am still actively considering as being yeah. the one, but there are other people that I'm also actively considering yes. as being the one." She's she's saying like I saw a very real likelihood that you would be. The final selection but she's not saying right like she's not saying it was going to be us or i was going to pick you yeah so then she's that I mean, da- she's down right. to like is it is it is it inaccurate to say i saw you at the end when what she's saying now is but i'm I, i'm choosing to continue pursuing these three other alternatives
2: right that's where i think it it's confusing for him maybe was mm. the wording sh- she used of like i saw you and i at the end of this and she later says i saw life with james and i wanted that life it seemed like very concrete in her head mm. and then and then later when he said he would still give it a shot with her and then basically she's like well no <laughs> yeah. like that just felt weird
0: Right. Well, at that point, she's definitely engaged to someone else, right? Yeah, when and has, all and has spent filmed. months
1: with them in the and interim, right? And he doesn't right? know
0: that. But no, it's true. And I think we are getting hints that this might happen more, that she's holding back the I love you to make her ultimate fiancé feel like more special. But she is saying very specific, concrete things to guys that might feel like a hint to them. Like, if she keeps saying, like, I see a future with you, we will figure it out. Yeah. Right, she she said that to Andrew, too. (laughs) She said to Andrew, she said to Michael. And what she's saying is, like, as long as the doors to this relationship are open, I don't see that as an impediment. Like, if we end up together, you know, I wouldn't break up with you because you live in Ohio and have a son. But... She. It sounds kind of like she's saying, like, we're going to figure it out. Like, wink, wink, nudge, right. nudge. And then the guy's like, oh, I'm the one. But, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> this is a process, and uh, she's going to see it through. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of like it is what it is. But I think overall, Katie handled this rejection pretty well. Like, she sort of gathers herself, and she says you know, I get it. You're a good dad. And as much as I want to be selfish and I want to beg you to stay, I know it's not an option. I support you going home to James.
0: Like, yeah. I mean, what else can you say? What else I, can you say? She said the right thing. He t- says, you taught me how to love again. I I just wept through this and I rewatched some of it to prepare for this. And I wept that time. I wept. When it was shown at the beginning of his hot seat appearance on mental All, many tears were shed in this household over Michael. They embrace, they kiss, she walks him out, and she says, yeah, I knew what our life would have been, and it was the life I wanted. Um, his decision is the best for his family, but in this moment, it fucking hurts. In this moment, I'm mad and sad. It's very possible that my person just left.
1: I appreciated that she acknowledged that she was sad and angry because I think that there is like such a pressure to sort of perform perfectly in these breakups and be so generous. And we've seen like so much generosity from the men who when they are rejected by Katie. But like in reality, like you're you're gonna be upset and you're gonna be pissed if you really care about someone like it sucks to have someone that you thought could be a potential partner be like, I have to tap out. And even if you understand the reasons that's happening, I think it's like very human to be angry and sad about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I
2: like that. She said that she was mad because you're like, Oh, well, don't be mad. You know, it's his son, but I think she just pissed at like the situation, like sucks. It sucks that this guy is so amazing and like it had to happen this way. And
0: She's sending James nasty DMs right now. She's like <laughs> that's what we're saying. Definitely he ruined everything. Um, so that's goodbye to Michael. And you know, in one at one moment or another in this, I I found myself thinking like, was he kind of hoping that she would be like, stay because I'm going to choose you, and then we'll be a family, and like, you know, it'll be worth it for James and for you. And I know it'll be hard. I also thought it could have gone that direction. Um, but if you're not sure that you're going to pick him at that point, you have to let him go. You can't be like, no, stay, leave your son to grow alienated from you. Um, and so no one really has much choice in this scenario. And we head on to Mentel All. But before we get into that, I think it's time
1: to take a quick break. Can
0: you keep up? I like Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. There's dressy
1: stuff, trendy going-out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it.
0: For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional
1: cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art
0: laundering facility are also included. Plus the option to buy what you love. I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly, and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing, and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A. Goldie pinch waist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are, and it was exciting to get to try them out without sending... 200 of my dollars away.
1: Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up
0: with the code LTSI20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month.
1: That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with
0: two U's with code LTSI 20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts it wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire
1: wedding in one convenient place with Zola.
0: Yes, i thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website, there's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible.
1: And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much
0: without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start
1: planning at Zola.com.
0: That's Z-O-L-A.com.
1: One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list.
0: As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick
1: 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild.
0: One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babel's 14
1: language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks. And it's been really helpful because my French is not good. But now I don't have to sound like such an idiot.
0: <laughs> You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI.
1: Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI.
0: Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: And we're back for the Men Tell All, hosted by Tasha and Caitlin.
0: Oh, my God. They what looked a treat. Incredible. They look so good. They look so hot. <laughs> so good.
1: I also adore that the stylist dresses them in, like, coordinated colors. It just really <laughs> yeah. works for me.
0: Uh, Caitlin is in sequins. Taisha's in, like, a leather one-shoulder dress. And uh, I enjoyed their hosting. What did you guys think of, of having a duo hosting Men Tell All?
1: I thought it worked well. Like, I Mm -hmm. thought they were able to kind of play to their strengths and play off of each other. So you got that sort of banter and there were no kind of, we didn't, at least we didn't see any sort of like really awkward silences. And I just like the dynamic of three women up there chit-chatting about relationships. Like, it just um, went once Katie came up and then the two of them sort of being able to banter with the men. Like, I thought that it worked and it felt much less stilted than it has with Chris Harrison and much more like a bunch of peers kind of gossiping together.
2: I liked it too, because they're around the same age, whereas right. like Chris can't relate as much. And although, you know, he was there for so many years and he knew all the vibes of the show, but like Tasha and Caitlin actually having gone through it themselves and then again, being kind of the same age as everyone around them, it just felt more natural. And, like, yeah. easygoing conversations.
1: I was also very grateful that we didn't have to sit through Chris Harrison asking Andrew about interracial dating. So this is oh just one of many small blessings that we were we were awarded during this episode.
0: Yeah, there were several points during the hot seat talks where I was like, I'm really glad that this was not Chris Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, They introduced the dudes— uh, and joke
1: about how much they love man tears, and I was like, "Have they been listening to the podcast?"
0: <laughs> they are trying to take our places. I think it's actually. so rude. They're announcing um, themselves as rivals. I'm just
1: saying we have been pushing the pro man tears agenda for many years.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm so, really proud of us.
1: Me too. We've made it
0: mainstream. <laughs> um, so the guys who are there—it's a pretty small group uh courtney cody carl trey brendan james kyle literally who is kyle (laughs) who the fuck (laughs) is kyle aaron connor b hunter andrew s and michael so uh, a couple notable absences mike p and thomas anyone else who like should have
2: been there there was that businessman looking guy, Andrew, that they showed in the bloopers that I remember. Oh, and, was, and he's he really there. cute,
1: but he never got any screen time. Yeah. So right. it wasn't like such a notable absence, but like I would have appreciated him over Kyle, certainly. Right. <laughs> it
0: was kind yeah. Of... Um, how are the guys looking? What did you guys think? Uh, I th- a couple notable changes. Michael now has an, a very neat little beard.
1: Extremely into it. Love I thought it. he looked hot
2: so hot so hot <laughs> it's crazy what a beard can do yeah um, it really elevated the look frankly i
0: i'm not so sure about michael's beard i thought he was cute <gasps> without it what's but... oh, claire
1: i don't know oh no 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 disagree i loved I it know. i thought it was great
2: he looked younger without it like he looks like manly now yeah like, i'm
0: into it i, I also maybe really... i like a boyish look <laughs> a boyish 36 year olds much like my own husband i mean harry yeah. agrees with me okay well great for you okay great for the two of you i love to every now and then win his win his allyship in these yeah, arguments
1: harry's just trying to push his <laughs> own recently shaved
0: beard this is like a it's pro the, harry agenda the, he's got the zeal of a convert against beards
1: exactly i mean harry i thought your beard also looked good
0: um okay <laughs> we'll, we'll post some pictures for everyone to weigh in on um <laughs> I also wanted to note that Hunter... (laughs) Hunter has combed down his sort of hair spikes, which is the kind of change that always makes me wonder, like, did you get some feedback based on... He
1: absolutely got some feedback about his hair. Like, because
0: people kept... Like, people even on the show, all the comments about, like, him being, like, a squirrel or a gremlin, I wonder if there was some reference to his hair situation...
1: I was worried that, it, okay, I feel that he may have gone a little too far in the other direction. Like, it yes. was very a little too, down. like, helmet hair. Yes,
2: yes. It's like, just do it normal. Just do it, like, swoop to the side. Moderate yeah. volume. Right, some volume, but who wants it down? It was, like, almost flat on the forehead. Yeah, it
1: was flattened to the forehead.
0: I My was... first thought was that, like, his hair just has, like, a very <laughs> stiff, springy texture. And, like, it's it doesn't naturally lie down, so he had to really... I don't know. I, I I need more answers on how this came to be. I thought um, the
1: best outfit was probably Trey. Like, he just has mm-hmm. consistently good style,
0: and he He's the only one who stood up. out.
1: They all looked yeah. pretty...
0: They were like, very boring, except for Trey. Suits. Yeah, he yeah. had, like, a white dinner jacket on, right?
1: Yeah, I was into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, And so we dive into the, the drama. Of course, we start by revisiting... The Reign of Terror of the Wrong Reasons Police. You know, a whole cascading saga of investigations and arrests and, you know, interrogations. But we start with, Aaron, why don't you like Cody? What happened to make you not like Cody? Remember this? This was night one drama. Mm -hmm.
1: I know. I mean, they really just banded together to kick out so many men. It It was dizzying to revisit all of it. But I felt that Aaron, yet again, did not make his case very well. He was like, Cody did One social media post that I found offensive because he said he was gonna be famous in six months. I was like, that's the entirety of your body of evidence. Like, you've had months to prepare. And your only
0: argument was that he made a, quote, reckless social
2: media post.
0: I loved that that word to describe it. Like, it was like, (laughs) you know, like... Anyone could do it. You just got to be a little bit more careful about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, he just like swerved off the road into (laughs) this, this Instagram post about being famous in six months.
2: Also, when they showed the flashback, and Cody's like, Well, no one would know that we know each other if you just keep your mouth shut. But, like, also, why is it such a huge deal if they do know each other? Why? And why don't we ever talk about like Aaron kind of being like one of the villains of the season? He's just always pissed at everyone.
0: It's really surprising to me that he hasn't become more of a villain. And I think it's maybe because the show didn't very, very explicitly frame him as one. And there are ways that they could do that by centering his behavior more and using music cues and showing other guys questioning his tactics more um, in, in the moments. But they didn't. I'm surprised that more viewers aren't like... Aaron is acting, like, really unhinged. Like, yeah. it's Aaron's suspicious that he's, always, that he's always trying to get someone kicked out. It's exactly. suspicious.
1: I'm sorry. It is. I agree. But all the other men seem to really like Aaron, which, frankly, is probably what helps him most.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's um, true.
1: Carl, though, is there to take a stand against the witch hunts. Oh,
0: my God. Of
1: this house. I could not stand that they started invoking witch hunt and fake news in, in oh this God. conversation God. i brendan, was like Can every we other not thing Can we said not?
0: was fake news at one point he said, he was saying to carl like well you know what you're fake news and that's fake news and everything you say is just fake news you ask you, you someone asks you a question it's fake news and i was like brendan you can't just say fake news 17 times in lieu of anything more specific
1: like i thought like trump is no longer in office we we don't have to invoke his language
2: can we, we
0: stop can we stop it's so dated it's like it doesn't mean anything anymore but yeah carl is at this point trying to you know f- create a little bit of a brotherhood between him and cody so that he's got some some sort of ally in this. he's looking stand. around and he's like yeah. he's my only option he's like look at what <laughs> happened to cody like Everything just became a witch hunt in the house. Whenever you guys got a chance, it was like, oh, who is it, Cody? Let's all go after Cody. Brandon, you don't even know Cody. You're just jumping on the bandwagon, which is kind of true. Um, But then Aaron starts being like, so you're wrong already, bro. You're wrong already. It was just me and Cody, the two of us. No one was ganging up on him, bro. bro. Then they end up litigating the Carl situation. Of course, Carl has invited this, but it was inevitable Mm -hmm. And uh, Brendan says, you know, you weren't, like, just ganged up on. I heard you say that you were going to drop a bomb on all the guys, and then you did by talking to Katie, who knew that, you know, your time in the house was up, and so you just ruined the night for everyone. And Carl's like, okay. So I had the conversation with her. I let her know I didn't think Cody was the only one there for the wrong reasons. So much for that alliance. And then (laughs) they're like, okay, so, like, what information did you have that we didn't? Like, are you going to say like, oh, I thought it was Thomas the whole time? And Carl says, of course I fucking thought it was Thomas. <laughs> I don't believe him. I don't no. believe him. I don't <laughs> believe that he thought it was anyone. He didn't because... think it was
1: anyone. He was shit stirring. It was very clear. He, he said nothing specific. And then he like said it was like possibly five men like it right. didn't make any sense yeah and that's
2: when trey calls him out he's like you just said of course it was thomas but then you said it was multiple men which one is it like you make no sense right carl has like, no Carl's good answer like, i'm for waiting this. to see
0: if any other wrong reasons men are are revealed publicly before <laughs> i speak further on this
2: carl is just like you know what brendan you know what and then he pauses and he's just like shut the fuck up <laughs> like, oh like okay good one <laughs>
0: yeah he he and brendan have have a lot of back and forth
2: i will say carl he responded to my video of me making fun of him and um so i was like okay and he was so nice and complimentary and so you know i i do i have some bias i don't hate carl i think he has a sense
1: of humor is what you're saying he can take some ribbing on himself that's a good that is a good quality and how much of
2: it do y'all think is like like Hunter said later, is this situation sometimes just makes people do really stupid things and isn't necessarily an indicator of them being a bad person. But like, they just get caught up in the cameras and the producers and like, do some really stupid shit like Carl. So what do y'all think? Do you think it's just he just was being dumb?
1: I mean, I think that's probably part of it. Like everyone is always sort of pushed to indulge perhaps they're they're uh worse instincts. And yet Carl is just, I'm sorry, he's like obnoxious. Yeah. And yeah. even in the middle of the mentel all, I was so scared. I felt like he was on the verge of involving the audience in like a motivational speech. He was like, I'm gonna stand up. He's like, hey, I can't with the motivation. I made mistakes. Don't we all?
0: Don't you make mistakes? <laughs> yeah. Say it with me. Don't we all make <laughs> yeah. mistakes? Here's what he reminded me of in that moment though, is when I was in like, seventh grade, I joined the the middle school basketball team, and I loved practice. You know, we would do practice jump shots and layups and, like, dribble drills and stuff. And then we'd get to the game, and I would go into the game, and every time I tried to take a nice jump shot, someone would just, like, block it, you know? Or I'd be trying to, like, dribble, and someone would steal the ball. How dare And it? I was like, how am I supposed to do my cool dribbles and jump shots with people trying to stop me? And here's the thing, Carl's trying to give a motivational speech on stage with, like, 11 other men who just want him to shut the fuck up. (laughs) So, he's standing up, and he's like, don't we all make mistakes? And they're like, shut up, Carl! Sit down, Carl! Why are you standing up, Carl? And so, his efforts were were fruitless, and Emma, I'm sure you appreciated them all in that moment as they arose as one to block his motivational shot, as it were. I mean... Look, It's like you can't give a motivational speech if everyone there is just trying to shout you down. There's, <laughs> they you are have not in. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's sort of key.
0: So I want to mention something that Trey says in the course of this conversation, which is that people say, and this starts to come up as the conversation is naturally shifting towards Thomas, which is that people have been saying, and I'm certainly guilty of this, ...that every guy on the show thinks about being The Bachelor. And he says, it's dead-ass not true. All I thought about was getting one rose to try to show a great woman I could be the right guy for her. Thinking about being The Bachelor night one is nuts. Now, I have a few thoughts about this. First of all being, if you do want to be The Bachelor... Trey is saying all the right things. That is exactly (laughs) what you should say if you are thinking very hard about being The Bachelor. Secondly, I think it's true probably that several guys go on the show not even thinking about it because it seems so distant. But I think definitely more than Thomas had thought about it as something that might happen that would be cool. Right. I I don't think
1: that (laughs) the point people are trying to make is that, like every person consciously goes into the show with, like, the thought that their ultimate goal is to be The Bachelor. But, like, that everyone is collectively aware that the path to being the lead includes going on a season. And everyone is aware that that could be an ultimate outcome, even if it's not even something that the person actively desires. Like, they, and their question to Thomas wasn't, do you want to be The Bachelor? And that's the number one reason you came on Katie's season. The question was, has that thought ever crossed your mind? And he said, yes, it has crossed my mind. Like, that is not a crazy thing to admit.
2: Right. Nothing he said was ever insane. Like, I didn't... He kind of made me cringe a lot with the shit he'd say to Katie. not a fan. Not a fan at all. And I think he was totally just, like, taking things out of a book on how to be romantic and trying to swoon Katie. But, like... When when they asked him that, his answer was 100%. Like, I would say that if I were a contestant on The Bachelor, yeah, the, there is a possibility that I don't fall in love with the guy and I become The Bachelor at one day. To say that
0: it's nuts to have that thought in your head, to me, doesn't track because becoming the next lead is almost as likely Actually, maybe more likely than ending yeah. up in a happy, long-term, committed relationship with the lead of the season you're going on. So you're saying that you're going in with one outcome, front of mind, your only goal, and you think it's not only possible, but probable. And then the other outcome, possibly even more likely, um, you would never think about because it's so—like, who could think of such a thing? It's so out of the realm of possibility. Like, that's just not how human logic works works like you know it's a possible outcome of course you've thought about it it makes me crazy that this became such a central plot line it's too much breaking of the fourth wall in this season like Mm -hmm. all of the what are the men really thinking about why they went on the show it's just like it's not real taisha then brings up that james and hunter had some beef she says james you called hunter thomas 2.0 and hunter helps out by saying it's, actually he said Thomas one point five he's like don't like, forget the burn on my height
1: yeah I was like <laughs> Hunter this is like really a self-own like why are you why are you doing this? Like just setting him up to insult you publicly again.
0: Yeah and James explains this as saying Yes uh Hunter is Thomas one point five has half, half the size twice the asshole. That's not, not even
1: a, a good no. It's not even a good insult. As we so. all know,
0: when version 1.5 comes out, it's smaller but has more asshole. <laughs> and it's true with phones and it's also true. Yeah, with look, that's that's what
1: I look for in my iOS updates. So, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. And he says, well, you know, at least Thomas was honest, which I thought the whole point was that he wasn't honest. Yeah. Uh, they don't
2: make any sense.
0: They don't make sense. They're like remember when Thomas lied? about how he had been telling Katie he was falling in love with her. The lying was really the bad part, except that he wasn't lying, not like Hunter, who lied.
2: They're claiming that Hunter lied about saying he w- wasn't in love with her and then telling he's her he's in love with her. But as he points out, especially in The Bachelor world, there's a huge difference between falling in love and being in love. And... And was it Shay who asked Hunter, one of the drag queens, either Shay Kool or Monet Exchange, um, asked him, Are you in love with Katie? And he said, I don't think that I can say that right now. And then later said, I'm falling in love. Perfectly acceptable. Yeah, Absolutely. The guys, the I guys agree. Are still freaking out about it. Why do they care As so the much? As guys
1: just own that you got this one wrong. It is in the rule book of The Bachelorette that these are very different stages you can of tell. feeling.
0: And that this is the thing more than anything that shows that Hunter is a student of the show and that the other men are just jocks that they recruited to put on TV. That they're all like, oh, falling in love and being in love is the same thing. And Hunter is like, I'm sorry. Have you watched a single season of this show? Like, there are different categories of feeling. I feel sad for you if you don't know about that. And then the men start being. They start to see that maybe they were wrong, but they cannot. They cannot they accept admit it. it. No. Trey's
2: like, well, you you should have clarified it. Like, you should have you should have told us. Like, what? No, yeah. he doesn't owe you anything. He said what he said, and there was nothing wrong with it. He basically is like,
0: well, I think that when the queen asked you if you were in love, you should have said. I'm not, I can't say that yet, but I am falling in love. Right. It's like, yeah, he should have been laying the groundwork for his future, like, unexpected rev- on-stage revelation in that moment. Like, yes, that makes sense. That's, thank you, Trey, for that insight. Sweet, sweet Connor B just, like, swoops in and uses some
1: of his social capital to kindly defend his roommate's honor, his roommate being Hunter. And I like that. I, we got to see Connor get a little feisty. Like, James is like, well, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And Connor just says, and yours is wrong. Love Which that. is probably the yeah. most aggressive thing we've ever seen Connor they say. They have a
0: little back and forth, too. Like, James is like, no, well, I can say. And Connor's like, yeah, but you're wrong, though. I like, I love you, bro, bro but you're, you're wrong. <laughs> and, like, basically what Connor B says is, Hunter was falling in love with Katie. I could see that. And if he's not going to say it, I will. Which Hunter did actually say it a bunch of times, but... No the sentiment going to take stands. it from him. Um,
1: yeah. And that and- brings us to Connor, who gets to jump into the hot seat and be questioned about his kissing abilities. He yeah. apparently was so mortified by what happened on the show that he, like, texted his ex-girlfriends to make sure he wasn't, like, a trash kisser for the last decade of his life, just, like, and didn't know.
2: This was, like, the second most heartbreaking <laughs> moment.
0: Yeah, it's kisses are all about establishing chemistry. I think that's kind of Mm -hmm. why people do it. And some people might be objectively bad at it, but I think a lot of it is just finding the right fit. And that's what his very sweet ex uh, tells him. And uh, as he's kind of describing this very sad survey that he took, this very indie-looking brunette beauty uh, with curtain bangs stands in the, in the audience and says, Connor, I watched you on the show. You're absolutely adorable. And I know you can't be a bad kisser. Adorable people can't be bad at kissing. No, Um, that's just science. And then Andrew shouts, let's find out. And so she comes down and uh, yeah, they just like make out.
2: How do you think this happened? Like what were the behind the scenes? It's I mean, so baffling. Yeah. To me. Production loves
1: to create moments like this, but I wonder like how much did this woman come in and be like, I have an idea? Were they like actively seeking someone out to do this? We need someone I have to have kiss, Connor.
0: I yeah, my thought was that like she stands up and starts speaking with that confidence. I think that she's not going to get tackled. That made me think, like, she got in touch with production. Oh, yeah. And that she wanted to do it. Connor, I don't think, knew. But the result is this very kind of, like, stagey feeling thing on both sides. I think maybe on his end, it's just because he's very conscious that he's kind of, like, performing the role of, like, guy who's being surprised with, like, a hot love interest on stage. And so he's saying, like, oh, like, I want your number and stuff, which is, like, not a natural moment to ask for a phone number. Um, But, and, like, kissing her very aggressively. Um,
2: And he pointed out, too, he said, like, I saw you over there. And she's like, I saw you checking me out. And as if, like, this was fate and that she just decided to stand up out of nowhere, but, like, Someone either asked her to do that, or like you said, she had that planned coming in and got it approved. I'm just curious how that process worked.
0: She says that the kiss was an 11 out of 10 in terms of hotness.
1: <sighs> and Connor is like, but before the camera stopped rolling, I would like to make out with this woman on live television once more.
0: <laughs> For the road, he said. For the road. And uh, Andrew is shouting, You're a tiger! You're a tiger! (laughs) Which I loved. What a hype. I just appreciated all of the hype. Uh, And as they throw the commercial, Connor is plucking a rose from the centerpiece and giving it to her and saying, I want your number. He's giving us all the material to envision a beautiful love story between them.
2: I want a follow-up, honestly. I hope exactly. We we, we,
1: we need a follow-up. We need an Instagram update. I did stalk this woman on Instagram. They do follow each other. Um, and I want more. And yeah. on that note, I think we're going to take a brief break. Can you keep I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear, Mm -hmm. but Quince has
0: been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles, and I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus.
1: They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable
0: silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by
1: partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing...
0: And passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love
1: Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince. But I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping
0: on your order and
1: 365-day returns.
0: That's com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always,
1: I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored.
0: Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine.
1: If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts.
0: As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with. This is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better.
1: I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself. A quiz and good wine? I mean, everyone's (laughs) winning here. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first
0: box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. And it's time for Michael's hot seat.
2: I wrote in my notes as just a personal thought that I really don't think anyone on this show has ever been as great as Michael of a human. Like, he's just, he's so great. Yeah, I could
1: I would also love to see him as the bachelor yes.
2: for
0: that
1: reason.
2: Makes it
0: makes me suspicious.
2: There's always something wrong. Yeah, with him. I know, but from what we've seen, <laughs> I'm like no one I, no one I guess cares. that
1: is always the problem. Every time we're like this person seems great. It's like 3 months later everyone's like old tweets. Fuck you. He's horrible. <laughs> but I was happy that Michael seemed like very he was like this was really difficult and really sad, but I grew from this and I stand by my decision.
2: He also points out that he still feels the same way about Katie. And that's when Caitlin asks, well, if she gave you another shot, would you? And he said, 100%. If love exists, it'll find a way. I, I mean, mean,
1: man. Yeah. You know this is just <laughs> Sorry, setting bud. him up for like a brutal, <laughs> well, another re- not rejection.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was tough. I Normally that's an opportunity for for people to say, like, oh, you know, it was really hard, but I've moved I've moved ahead and I'm gonna be okay. I'm kind of like forward looking. And he is very much still like, That door's wide open, like I haven't gone anywhere. And it made me think about how hard it is to date as as a widowed parent and how mo- how hard it is probably to pour that much time into building a new relationship and then to have to, like, it's not like you're, like, a single, like, carefree person who has a lot of time to spend on the apps or, like, enjoying single life or moving forward. Like, that sunk cost is, like, really hard to let go of um, when time is at such a premium. Oh, poor Michael. Um, but... Then we get a fun little interlude of the men trying to trash talk during an exercise on the bash ball date. I think we have a clip of this, which was actually one of my favorite moments in the history of The Bachelor.
1: Trey, you suck at dancing. You're an awful dancer.
0: <laughs> Your backbone's made of jello.
1: Your eyes are uh,
0: uh, blue like a urinal cake.
1: <laughs> where'd you get that shirt? A shirt store?
2: <laughs> you look like a human is anamorphing into a leprechaun. Got stuck in the middle, dog. I don't know which one's more fake, your love for Katie or your smile.
1: The most endearing thing in the world is how bad these men are at trash talking. Like, I, think I, I truly they
2: love, love it. each other. They love each know. other so much. It's cute. It's just a bunch of soft
0: boys. And that's what I like to see. There's something sort of funny about it, though, because it's like either it's that or it's them all just like viciously, like a pack of jackals, like converging on one wounded deer and being like, you know, like, you gotta get out of this house. You're a fake. You're a phony. And. So, like, half the time you're like, oh, these soft boys, they can't even make, like, in a joking game, they can't even make a real burn on each other. And at other moments, it's just, like, genuinely kind of, like, seemingly Vicious. unprovoked viciousness. <laughs> like, you're like, this viciousness is not merited. Um, so, it's just, like, sometimes it feels, like, in these moments I love because I just, I feel like this is, like, a scene from, like, a Michael Schur so show or something. It's just, like, very tender comedy. <laughs> And then other scenes are more like succession.
2: <laughs> this was random, though. Did just all feel like it was super random that they just showed this clip. I was like, oh, I guess they just have like nothing left from the actual men tell all. They're just going to throw in some clips from this date that was a month ago. But OK, it was funny. It was entertaining, but random. Yeah, they
0: definitely ran out of drama, especially they I mean, they didn't have Mike P for a hot seat. And I think he was mm. a gimme for a hot seat. I don't know what happened there. They didn't have Thomas for a hot seat. And what mm-hmm. he had instead of a hot seat was pretty. Tame. Limited. limited Time yeah. wise. Because um, doing it over Zoom is never that engaging. Yeah.
1: The, if he had been there, the time. men would have Ooh. yelled at him for like a full hour. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sure. So. But I actually, I don't know. I enjoyed this a, kind of a Me lot. Me too. I, I like I getting to see more of the behind the scenes goofy stuff
2: this is definitely more enjoyable. I was expecting Thomas to be there and we would have like had to deal with that. We had to deal with the Carl screaming. But aside from that, like you said, there wasn't much drama. And I kind of wish now going forward that they have the women and men tell all be more of like a behind the scenes look and like show us more bloopers and stuff like that. Because that's what we like to see more than people yelling at each other.
1: Exactly. I mean, look, they even had time for a little interlude in which we got to see Uh, Jason proposed to Caitlin, (laughs) which I was which I was also adorable because Caitlin was so herself like it was all bleeped out because she was so shocked she was being proposed to while Jason was ostensibly hosting her podcast with her that she was just like cursing and she had like the best reaction to how giant the diamond was.
2: That thing is giant.
0: It's huge. And I appreciated that she acknowledged that. Yeah. I loved when she uh, realized the proposal was about to start and she said, I'm wearing a tequila shirt.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I died. It was so good. I was like, Caitlin is truly so wonderfully herself. And uh, I just loved kind of getting another glimpse at that. Like, the personality that you get on the show really does seem to track with who she is. Oh, Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Um, we also had a little throwback to the drag queen debate, uh, where they talk about the wo-wo challenge and we learned that Michael A. actually broke the wo-wo challenge by the time of the drag queen date.
2: This makes me love him more again. (laughs) I'm like, yes, we're seeing these sides of him and he's just so funny when he's like, yep, I'm out of the game. That is (laughs) the
1: sex positivity we crave. He's like, I like masturbating. I did masturbate
0: free yeah yeah katie comes on stage to the hot seat at this point in her extremely lime green dress and starts having her little catch-ups with the guys um michael's like thank you for understanding why i had to leave and now i know that i could find love again because of you and she says thank you i appreciate it And then you can see that Michael is, like, comfortable with that. Like, he's not going to bring up that his door is still open. So, of course, Taysha and Caitlin are like, Michael said he would take you back if you wanted to try again. And she's like, no, no, thank you. (laughs) Hard. She's like, it it was
1: very clear that Katie came out there and was very warm, and there is a lot of, like, affection between her and these men, but she's also guarding a relationship. Uh, And we always can kind of see that shift because understandably like she can't appear to be like too into anyone Mm -hmm. that she said goodbye to like she has moved on
2: right yeah and they were they were so complimentary to like trey telling her he owes all his self-confidence now to her she's a gem of a human and aaron's like i'm always gonna be in your corner and that's when katie Accidentally says, "Well, thanks, Thomas." To Aaron, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, ah, just cracks up. Taisha was like, "Katie," <laughs> that was hilarious. And oh Aaron God. jokingly runs away, and but that was just like the most perfect mess up you could possibly have.
1: Also, I was like that's so r- like there's so many names they're talking about Thomas. It's like so rough though, because like so
0: rough. You really don't want to be mixing up two men of color. One of whom is not even present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was not a great look for Katie. I, I like, both felt for her because they were talking about Thomas in that moment. And, like, of course, his name would be sort of front of mind. But I think,
1: like, it was clear a, to me that she immediately knew she had messed up she and she knew, knew that he was Aaron. It wasn't like she actually didn't, I, she that, clearly
0: knows who yeah. he is, but like you don't. It's just. It
1: was very unfortunate. I was honestly surprised they didn't just like cut it. The,
0: oh from, yeah, I think they like, probably thought it came off cute, um, which I. Mm. And so, Connor breaks the the uncomfortable moment here by whipping out a ukulele. It's time for one more song from Connor, and this one is about bromance. The chorus is. The guys on this season have got me believing in bromance, and I think Connor would. You know, Connor seems to be like the cuddly best friend of every guy in the house. Like they love. He's like him. their mascot. He is adored. Like after he got kissed on stage, like he was the center of like. A I've group never hug, seen as if he had so much,
1: goal. So much enthusiasm about anything on the show as Connor getting made out with.
0: Yeah, um, he is clear. And, and you can see that, too, in the way that he defused the Hunter thing. Like, few guys have enough capital with the whole group to, to get everyone to back off in the moment like that at Men Tell All. And he literally was just like, Connor's cool. He's with me. And they were all like, okay, well, we'll agree to disagree. Because <laughs> Connor said so. I um, love Connor. <laughs> I do. And this is when Katie addresses some of the drama um, they talk about Carl, and she says, you know, you weren't giving me the information, the specifics I needed, so I had to let you go earlier than anticipated. Um, basically, she's Such like, I lie. knew you weren't going to make it to the end. Yeah,
1: yeah, she basically says that. Like, she says, like, I put the m- other men over you because I knew it wasn't going to be us. And
0: I was
2: like, yeah, that seems fair. And, it's like, all- she she knew it wasn't him anyways. Like, right. It's on. just
0: always funny to me. Because the fiction of the show is that you need all that time and all those dates to figure it out. And then you find out sort of in a certain order that occurs with the show. She's very comfortable breaking that fiction and just being like, I knew that you were not going to be the one at the end, but I did have to keep someone around. And I was like, it might as well be Carl. And then this happened. And I was like, eh, might as well not be Carl. (laughs) I know. I
1: appreciated her candor. Yeah. And Carl is just like, I respect you. And I respect that. Like, also, no one is going to criticize Katie.
0: No. Also, like, she comes away with the, the conclusion that Carl was right, like, because of Thomas. And, you know, that he should feel vindicated by that. And I am unconvinced by that. But Katie's being generous here, perhaps.
1: She, I was going to say, I, I think she mind. does a really good job of trying to find, like, the good and, in all of these men and sort of, like, affirm them and make them feel very seen. Mm. And I think that's part of why they all seem to, like, really adore her.
0: Yeah. Do you think yeah. that Carl was was done wrong? Like, that the guys yeah. all came after him and then sort of, in a way, carried on his same energy as a group?
2: uh i am i'm curious just i feel like a lot of it was probably producers being like carl you should definitely tell her this like if you're worried you should definitely tell her and then maybe them telling the other guys like can you believe carl did this and that probably plays into it a lot so uh, again i i think he katie said oh you were right about thomas i don't think he really had just Thomas in his mind. I think he was just going crazy. And then it just caused such a shit storm. But obviously she wasn't going to pick him. And it's like, he was going to go anyways. It's fine. Everyone chill out. And yeah.
0: in, in a way he was playing like the really long game because he had to know there was, I mean, surely just mathematically there's someone else here who isn't that into Katie. I just have to wait. And eventually I'll be vindicated long after I've been sent home. <laughs> Caitlin then introduces Thomas who is on Video chat for a very brief I mean, version Thomas of, a, of a catch up
1: really got off easy here.
0: Can we just say he looked really hot? I think Thomas is really attractive. He's, oh, he's so hot.
1: He is hot, but, and this isn't his fault, but he has like a certain resemblance to Josh Murray, who yeah. I am. Repulsed by, and so I struggle because I'm like Thomas is definitely a better person than Josh, and also hotter. But like the resemblance just makes me like. Swept yeah. out.
2: Yeah, I was comparing him to Josh Murray like a few weeks ago when the the huge thing with Thomas on the episode happened. But now I I feel bad for comparing him to Josh because besides the physical looks, I don't think. Oh no, no, pa- no personality. Exactly, I want to be very exactly. clear. Yes. I don't. I, I Josh. Think- I actually met him. We went to the same college. He's older than me, but he came into town with Andy years ago, and I met them then I read her book and like everything started making sense. Um, yeah, and he, he, sucks. That he dude came sucks. after me on Twitter last year. Yeah. So <gasps> during one of the debates, he, you probably know, is like a big trumper mm-hmm. and he was tweeting like, Oh, I wish this moderator like wasn't so biased. And I'm like, <laughs> so I responded, a ton of people responded, but I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And I was like, are we watching the same thing because the moderator is doing their job and Trump just, like, won't shut up, like, going over his time? I said it, like, really nicely and, you know, educated-seeming. And he (laughs) just, like, freaked out and was calling me a troll. And, like, yeah, he, like, sent multiple responses. And I just can't with that. That
0: tracks. I mean, it's easy to forget. And I I do often, I think, because I have the memory of a goldfish, how, just how toxic and aggro bachelorette casting used to be mm-hmm. and I do think it's actually changed a lot like not that there oh, aren't yeah. sometimes exceptions but I remember having some very unpleasant altercations on social and and seeing some no, it's really unpleasant very altercations different. unfold
2: it is
1: different well I think that that's exactly why even when these men are sort of like being vicious to one another it's still so much tamer and yeah. less aggressive than it used to be that I like it, it that that shift feels palpable yeah.
0: yeah it's so much more just like well you know what bro like you don't really care for Katie the way that I do I have a right. more it's soft not like and I'm gonna stand her. up and punch
1: you in the face and <laughs> yeah. then make like physical threats about cutting your limbs off like Chad yeah. like it, you, like it used to be real dark
2: yeah, that yeah, so, is still scary. Yeah.
0: I, Terrifying. I do think that Thomas was kind of done wrong on the show. So me too. I think that there was some balancing of the scales by going easier on him True. in the, the hot seat. Like, he was gone so hard at on the show by the time of his exit that I think that, like, it would be difficult for me to stomach them coming in and being like, and you're a monster. Fuck you. Like, he maybe kind of was... Not that genuine. There isn't firm evidence. And also, who really cares? Lots of people aren't that genuine on the show and they don't get humiliated the way he was. And Katie actually ends up apologizing for the way she sent him home.
1: Then we get some bloopers and we get Katie being like, hey, I have no regrets. My journey was awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where we end outside Her face-
2: of. Did you guys get the sense of excitement though? She seemed very, and I know she can't give things away, but like, I feel like usually the lead is like, yeah, I'm so happy now. And she was just like, yep, I have no regrets and everything turned out great. And I don't know, it seemed, I was like, I'm confused. Is she with someone? Is she single? And she's just happy still being single. I'm looking forward to finding out, but. I see what
0: I definitely, see what you were saying, Kelly. And I think you're right. I don't really know quite how to read that because um, it could be, have so many causes of why she her body language would be a certain way in that moment. But I do think it happens sometimes with bachelorettes. And I know, I remember thinking that Andy's behavior was really like at mental and after the final rose was very muted in a certain mm-hmm. way. And I think sometimes it can come from a a desire to, like, protect the relationship. Yeah. um, That, you know, just, like, keeping things in more. That's sort of how I read it, that it was some
1: sort of, like, trepidation about how exhausting it's going to be to relive the last few episodes. Because we've seen these clips teased over and over again that have not come up yet of her slamming doors saying, book my ticket. I'm out, like book my ticket home. She's in the bathroom, sobbing, like Greg is slamming doors. I mean, clearly something very big is going to happen still. And so I wondered if she was just like, let's just get to the end. But I'm not exactly excited to go through the
0: whole thing again. We'll just have to wait and see. It looks like it's going to be uh, hometowns next week. And then the finale, yep. yeah. So certainly, oh her something's guys have going awry been but, went out down, but yeah. yeah, something's clearly going awry.
2: Hopefully, um, it's hopefully it's next week we get to see, and then maybe everything will clear up for the finale. A bit be- like a bit be- like the the clouds like starting.
1: Yes. Kelly, that is very optimistic. I'm going to guess that they are going to start whatever thing happens in one episode, and then drag it all the way out
0: till midway through the next episode. My favorite (laughs) thing is when they do half of a fight and then they have to begin the next episode with a flashback to like the whole fight from last episode and then they're like and now here's the rest of the fight. That is 100%
1: what's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to watch as much fight as possible.
1: Now it's time for love to see it, hate to see it. Let's start off with love to see it.
0: I think I'm going to have to say the thing I love to see the most was the bad trash talk reel. I just want to see more, uh, more personality, more moments of unrehearsed comedy on this show. And that was a delightful, refreshing moment in the midst of Men Tell All for me. I agree. Give us more of that. And on that note,
1: we also love to see the bromance in general. And even, I, I almost hate to admit it, I even enjoyed the bromance song. Even though, as a rule, I think men should never sing original songs or read their poetry. But I love Connor so much, Ever. I'll give him a
0: pass. Men can Pass. never sing original songs, not on this show. Oh, gotcha. No, that's fair. Sorry, um, not
1: in life. Not in life. <laughs> I was like Emma on the Bachelor. Strong
0: against male singer songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Claire. I have my yeah. strong opinion. <laughs> Connor's little ditties were not exactly my cup of tea, but I love that he. Uh, embraces them. He knows they're corny, but he's okay with that, and he just keeps going forward, living his life with confidence. I wish I could be more like Connor. And, you know, maybe in pursuit of that, I will later text my exes and ask them if I'm a good kisser. And now, uh, I think, for the last love to see it, Michael prioritizing his son um, and what his son needed, and Katie respecting that decision. I feel complicated about this. I actually hated to see this. (laughs) Um, but I do think that they both really had no choice. We hated to see
1: that it happened this way. We loved to see the generosity and kindness and sensitivity that
0: it was handled with. For hate to see it, Andrew's English accent, back when he sees Katie on stage at Men Tell All, I need him to not... That's all I ask. Just don't. Just, you know, your normal voice is more than good enough. I choose that voice. I choose it 100%.
1: We also hate to see the return of the Right Reasons Police. I mean, come on, guys. James and Trey are just out here refusing to admit that they're wrong about Hunter. We hate to see it. We also hate to see, which is, you know, connected to the Right Reasons Police, the invocation of fake news and witch hunt by Brendan and Carl hate to see it, put that language to bed,
0: just goodbye. It's not 2017. Like, you're not blogging. No. Like, put it away. And that brings us to our sex positivity rating for this episode, which, you know, you would think that there wouldn't be that much opportunity to be sex positive and mental all, but you would be wrong. I mean, we revisited the whoa Whoa Challenge and Michael's uh, inability to adhere to it. Uh, We talked about Stamina and whether Michael has it or doesn't. I mean, they were pretty giggly during this, but like they didn't seem embarrassed. No. And then we had actually on stage during the men tell all an impromptu on stage makeout between strangers. I mean, I don't see how you can get much more sex positive. The other
1: men were literally cheering this on. Yeah. I mean, just the group support. (laughs) It was, it was as sex positive, you know, as we've seen. Yeah.
0: Should we give this one an eight, Claire? I'm going to give this an eight. I loved the enthusiasm for that stranger makeout at the end. It was really positive and uplifting.
1: That is the energy we hope, you know, that we can just ride into the rest of the season. And on that note, that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Kelly Johns. Follow her on Twitter at Kelly M. Johns and on Instagram at Kel
0: Johns. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Harry Huggins. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer.
1: If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And more importantly, tell all your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. Help us get the word out about our new name.
0: If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag.
1: You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma pod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Emma lady Rose.
0: And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for Katie's hometowns.
2: Love can you keep I like
1: Stitcher.